Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Stoppage time. The visitors never say die attitude was rewarded as Danny Schofield scored Millwall's dramatic equaliser. Ball across the Seconds of stoppage time. George Takadian was put clear on goal. He lost his footing as he rounded David Ford. The chance was gone. So this one finished nil-nil. Alu Diara's stunning flick put the visitors ahead and dreaming of a first win over Millwall since 1996. My guy Guy's drilled finish through the home side level and Millwall would win the game with three minutes to go. Gus Hoyfeld grabbed a dramatic late goal for the home side as the Addicts' winless run against the Lions continued. On Yadima, Morrison, it's 3-1. Too easy for Millwall. And run into the arms of Jordan Archer. And he's dropped in, the ball lifted into the ball! Oh, the retina. Lionsman's flagged, what for? On earth is he flagged for? 23 years of hurt, 23 years of late equalisers, abject displays, refereeing foul-ups and ultimately no wins against Millwall. Will that finally end this weekend? Let's hope so. Welcome to Charlton Live. This is the Big Match Preview. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley as we get ready to look ahead to Saturday's South East London derby with Millwall at the Den. On my right-hand side is Mr Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? All right, thank you. Yeah, you're looking well. Look at, you're up for it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was my scariest voice. Yeah, yeah, good, wasn't it? Yeah, red hot derby atmosphere. That is actually real this time. Yeah, it's no Gillingham, is it? Yeah, no, no Kent red hot derby, yeah. but Bermondsey red hot derby. Yeah, and uh, also here, uh, a man no stranger to the den, of course, is uh, Mr. Nathan Muller. <laughs> hey, Dan Nath. Not bad, mate. Got a flat cap ready. Yeah. Ready to turn my phone off just in yeah. case the old man tries to ring me. You're going to have some stern words with your old man. I won't talk to him now. No. Not till, well, I'll probably ring him tomorrow and then I probably won't talk to him until 
either Monday if we lose or draw. If we win, I'll probably try and ring him after the game. Yeah, f- five minutes past five. Right, Dad, yeah. <laughs> where are you off to? And he'll probably like, yeah, come here and I'll smash your face in probably. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's hope no one's face gets <laughs> smashed in, uh, but, we, but we do win on tonight's show. Uh, so we will be looking ahead to that game we're going to hear from the man Lee Bowyer the man who we hope can finally mastermind our first win uh, at the den for 24 years because it's uh, 95 we last won there 96 was when we last won here and he scored Lee Bowyer we're going to hear from him uh, shortly he's going to tell us what the game means to him uh, and also what the squad's going to look like we're also going to hear from a Millwall expert a man who knows Millwall inside out Richard Corley uh, from the South London Press he's going to tell us what we can expect from Gary Rowett's side uh, and then towards the end of the show as well, we're going to hear from Craig uh, Pepeyat as well who's uh, got together with some Millwall fans uh, doing something really worthwhile ahead of the game on Saturday they're together uh, for 10 March I'm going to let Craig uh, explain a little bit more about that uh, later on in the show if you want to have your say let us know how you're feeling ahead of the trip to the new den email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk you can tweet us at charltonlive or you can head over to the Charlton Live forum uh, give the team your good luck messages uh, which we will deliver to them via the medium of the podcast let's hope they listen they probably don't though so just, just say how you're feeling ahead of the game uh, and uh, uh, we'll read them out on tonight's show as we get ready to make that trip to the Den. Uh, one of the most eagerly awaited games of the season, always in the build-up. Uh, one of the most quickly forgotten games normally afterwards, but you know, hopefully uh, this year will be different. Let's hear uh, from Lee Bayer first of all, I think. Uh, the Addicts boss had his press day today. He was asked what this game means to himself uh, and his squad. Everything. Uh, I think that winning is important. But these types of games, the, the local derbies are, the, are a big part why you play because the atmosphere and the occasion. And, and since I've taken over, the um, since I've been in charge, the, these big games we've always stood up and, and uh, matched our opposition. So um, I think it, it's a good time for this game to come around for us. What's the most ferocious derby you've ever been involved in? Oh, wow. Uh, <coughs> played in Love Leeds, man, you, that was, that was a big one. Um, West Ham Spurs. Charlton Millwall. <laughs> so, I've obviously played in this, I know, I know what it's like. Um, so yeah, they're probably the Birmingham Villa. That, that was a big one as well. So yeah, um, played in a few. And lived to tell the story. I'm still here. I'm still here. So I'm, uh, yeah, but obviously the, the most important thing is the three points. Um, we we want to give our fans a, a good journey home and, and, and to have them bragging rights like we said that they've been great for us um, travelling up and down the country so um, hopefully tomorrow uh, Saturday we can we can re- repay them for, for all their, their efforts It's going to be a full house at the new den so the atmosphere is going to be intimidating will it be a case of which team holds their nerve? Uh, um, I think the first goal is going to be massive uh, and uh, yeah, it's going to be intimidating. But uh, like I've said, you can you can turn that into a positive. The atmosphere. So even though we're playing away like we did last season at Portsmouth, 
it was quite intimidating there, you know, the the, the, the atmosphere that the Portsmouth fans make was was, was good. So um, we know that our fans are going to be singing, and Millwall we're going to be doing probably a bit more than than singing, and knowing the Millwall fans. So, uh, but if we can take control of the ball and and uh, look a threat, then if we take the lead, then then things can can easily turn. I, I know that. From playing, you know. Sorry, I mentioned this, but the last time Charlton beat Millwall was in 1995, so uh, it's about time you set the record straight. 96, I think it was. Um, and I think I scored. So, so that was the last time, so maybe I'm a good omen for that because uh, we played them twice that season and beat them twice. So, um, so yeah. Hopefully I'm that, that good omen and uh, I've been away from the club since and now I'm back hopefully that uh, we can get the same result again. So there we go. I think it says it all about how long it has been since we actually beat Millwall. That the current manager of Charlton is the man who opened the score in the day we last beat them. Lee Bayer, I think it was Carl Levan uh, in 1996 back at the Valley. Um, South London derby, Tom. You get to this stage of the season where we've had a decent start and... You know, we're looking at this record we've got against them. I mean, this this could be our best chance of getting a win at the Den in a long, long time. Yeah. If that's one way of putting it, isn't it? Jinxing it. <laughs> it is. Uh, there's been plenty of Millwall games in the last few years that I have thought were going to be our time, and none of them have been. But we've started the season very well. Um, the problem is that none of that really matters when it comes to this game. Form seems to go out the window. Um. But yeah, if you were just looking at the two sides, if it wasn't Millwall we were playing, if it was another team in exactly the same position with exactly the same record as them, I think you would back us as favourites. But this game's a little bit different. Everyone knows it. I think everyone can feel it. So yeah, as always, it's a tough one to call. But on paper, it's certainly our best chance we've had for a while. Unfortunately, that's not where the game's played. So um, yeah, just today and thinking about coming in for the show, I've just started to get a little bit nervous now thinking about the game. Well, I saw you on, on Twitter earlier, you said you were buzzing. So, I mean, are you feeling it? Cause I'm excited. Getting, I'm getting yeah. that pre-match excitement now. Actually thinking this this is a big game for us and it's, these are the sort of games that you're coming down mm. here for. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's um it's that anticipation more than perhaps just, just pure nerves. Like a, a big game like the playoff semi-finals were or Wembley. You know, it's not just a, a Sunday morning against Preston when you wake up and you're confused that it's Sunday, not Saturday. It's... This matters a little it's bit more than your average game. Exactly. I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Buzzing for it, but yeah, it's uh, it's huge, isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah. I was gonna say, Nave, how are you feeling? Because obviously, for you, it's a, it's a personal family tie as well. I mean, the, the, yeah, these yeah, are yeah. these are the games that you come down to football for. You, your massive local derbies. You try and get one over on a obviously a team we had beat for so long. But even if we had, you know, every time you go up against Millwall Palace, you you want to go and get something out of it. Oh, for sure. I mean, I hate Palace more than I hate Millwall, um, but that's because I get on with dad a little bit. But uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, obviously. See, I hate your dad, so I don't yeah. care. That's what I mean. I mean, when we when we play them, you know, I would have beat them five 0 as much as anyone. And uh, but it's gonna it's gonna be um, it's gonna be a challenge because it always is. But I think even I was trying to think back. Even when I mean, when we had Bobby P in charge, we had that start in the championship. We started quite well. Even if we played Millwall then, I wouldn't have been too confident. Whereas this time around, I just think the togetherness we've got in a squad. 
uh, and see how hard they work, even when we don't play well. You know, you know, Sunday against Preston, we didn't play well, but you could still see we were putting hundred and ten percent in. And I think that's the first thing you've got to do in derby games is forget, like Tom said, forget form, forget all the neat tricks and flicks. Away at Mirwall, you've got to compete. You win, you win your individual battles, and then and then. On paper, I know it's not one on paper, but on paper we're a better football inside. Mm. Yeah, I mean, um, so hopefully it pans out like that. I mean, we're looking at a squad now that's, that's got the sort of players, Tom, that, that will battle for the shirt. I mean, we, I mean, when I was making that montage, we heard at the start, and I was going through the highlights, so, so seeing seeing performances that had Andrew Cross in the in the middle of the park, and some some of the players leading, <laughs> oh, leading out, George took a and <laughs> rounding the keeper and trip, tripping up. I mean, uh, we've put out some weak teams. So I mean, I love Churchinho, but I watched that a game we lost one 0 at home against uh, against. Millwall and he had a shot near the end that I could have hit harder. I mean, <laughs> P-roll. A, it, it, and you know, he set him up, Mar- Marvin Sordell. I mean, the, oh. with, with the sort, the quality of players that we've got into some of these games of before, and and the uh, the fight they've had in them, it's, it's 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 a different story. I mean, for sure. I mean, even in some of those games, we have had Jacko and Solly at the same time, but they ain't been enough this year. From one to eleven, I feel like we've got a team that's going to go there and battle. Crofty had more fight wrapping Christmas presents, didn't he? <laughs> um, Imagine a midfield of Crofts and Ulverstad. Oh, <laughs> oh hello. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I think not only have we got we've got players that can fight, but also we've got players that have got that little bit of quality in the side. Now I know Johnny Williams obviously isn't going to be there, but Ostuma, Leko on his day, um, you know, you've got players in that side that could turn up Gallagher who could do something a little bit special. And we've got players like Lockyer and Pierce who are hard to break down, hard to get through. You've got Prattley in there, you've got Cullen. So I think we've got a really nice mix and that's why we've started the season well. I think the thing we've got to be wary of is, yes, we're the better side on paper, as both Nathan and I both said, but one, the game's not played on paper, and two, Millwall are a side like Preston and like the teams that tend to sit back and are physical and not the most attractive side to play against. They're the sides that we struggle against. So that's where it's going to be difficult. If they were some free-flowing side, I'd I'd have a lot more confidence, but <clears throat> it's going to be a tough game, not only because it's a local derby, but just because of the nature of the way that Millwall play. We've struggled against that, Um Obviously struggled against it at the weekend as well, although arguably, um, like Boya said after the game, we had a couple of chances. So I think he mentioned in the press today, and I don't know if it was in that clip just then, but he said the first goal is going to be absolutely massive. And I completely agree. Um, and then it's about can we, can we first of all get that first goal and then can we start to impose our game on them and make them try and come out a little bit. Mm, obviously uh, a big part of the... South East London derby is going to be the atmosphere. We're, taking, we're going mop-handed down to the den as we always do. But, you know, our, our away support over the last 18 months or so, pretty much since Bo's come in, has been amazing. So I mean, that, that's going to be a big part of the day for everyone as well. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be a fun day, certainly in a, in a build-up to it. But inside mm. the ground, you know, those fans are going to make themselves heard. Yeah, I think And just in the background, it's just going to be people going, Mur. so, I mean, yeah. there's not much competition there really, is there? No, I mean, it, I mean everyone's going to enjoy themselves, I think, both. Both fans, I mean, they're all, they're going to be up for it as well. They've sold out, which is um, which is surprising, but um, considering we're irrelevant. But um, yeah, no, it's going to be a good day. I'm not really looking forward to the after the game when you get locked in. I get abused by an eight year old calling me nasty words. But uh, yeah, it's going to be a great game. That it always is. is it, <laughs> it probably will be. Uh, but uh, you've been busy, have you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that, like, I mean, even. I mean, the last, I can't, it was the last time, wasn't it? it was the last time we played when Souls got sent off. And no, that was two times that ago. Was the oh, last time oh, was before that Christmas just before. when we lost 3-1, yeah. Is that when uh, Nicky Jose got two or something? Nicky Jose got one, didn't he? Oh, yeah. one. And who scored the other one? We you lost 4-2 or 4 no, we lost 3-1. Oh, well, I don't know what I'm thinking of then. <laughs> I was uh, scoring twice at the dinner, you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till Saturday. Uh, but yeah, no, it's going to be a good game. Everyone will be up for it. Everyone will be all lagered up, probably. Um, but, 
yeah, hopefully we get behind the boys, we get an early goal, like Tom said, come back 5-0, happy days, go and have a beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it goes without saying that our, record, our record against Millwall is atrocious. I mean, obviously, 20, 20, whatever years, I said it was, 24 years, sounds like a lot. Uh, we've only played each other 10 times in that amount of time, which is still quite a lot yeah, to not win a game. You, 29? Yeah. I thought he was five last time. Yeah, so, yeah, so, but, I mean, so, 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 so you may, you may say, all right, we're going about 10, 10, 10, 10 games without winning, but then you, we, we, we won, we won the double the, that, that season. Then before that, you got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven or eight games before that we hadn't won. I worked it out yesterday. Out of the last 33 times we've played them, we've won four. <laughs> Decent, <laughs> and decent. out of our entire history against them we've won 12 they've won 35 <laughs> <laughs> it's the most one-sided derby in history and considering like historically we're a bigger club than them I mean we've played top flight football more recently than we've won the FA Cup which they haven't done we're a bigger club than Millwall why can we not beat them why is our record against Millwall so atrocious <laughs> That's it. If, if I knew that, I'd be standing in that dugout on Saturday. I, I think in recent years, I mean, you look at, like I said earlier, you look at some of the teams that we put out, Crofty for one, we, but, <laughs> you know, I've, even like I said, even when we had that team we were playing well, we didn't really have enough, I think, fight for that. I mean, I don't know how many of those those games we'd have played and we've had the likes of Dan Seaborn and Gary Borradale playing and all that sort of mm. thing. It's a different kettle of fish and th- this team, like last season alone, it's, they're just different gravy, and oh, I think yeah. not saying we're going to smash both time, but I think the desire and the the enthusiasm could be so much. More I mean, different. if you if you look at the last, I think the like so last time we played here, so obviously we should have won that game. Bauer had a perfectly good goal ruled out for you know a refereeing mistake, as we heard in the montage at the start. But it, it was it summed up perfectly for me right at the very end when uh, Morrison and Tuxera had been having a battle wall game and Morrison had already got Tuxera booked and at full time Morrison's wound up Tuxera he's picked up the ball thrown it at him got sent off and Morrison's done his job there Morrison's wound up a centre half he's come and embarrassed uh, one of our players and, and we've seen a player who's been easily too wound up now this isn't the sort of game you can get wound up by and this isn't the sort of club you can allow to walk over you and that's what we've seen from teams before and that's what we can't have on Saturday I was about to say that I think the majority of it and now I've had a couple of minutes to think about it. The reason our record is so bad, a lot of it is psychological because the longer that record goes on, the harder it becomes. Even today, Boya said he's named his team on a Thursday as opposed to his usual Saturday. Well, why? Why Why are we doing things differently just because it's Millwall? There's obviously build-up. Um, the club often put out videos. There's extra articles about it. It gets written about more than your average game. Um, and you think about the, the Doncaster second-leg semi-final, not a derby, obviously, but another big game. That was probably our worst performance down here all season. Um, and OK, we got through it in the penalties, but in the game, we were very lucky to come out of that and get away with it. So uh, there is a, an element of psychology about it. And like you say, their players seem to get that right. They know how to get inside our players' heads, whoever it is. Look at Solly getting sent off at, at the den. Well, fair, that was going to hit his face, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, these things just seem to happen to us in this game. We were, what were we up, 4-2 here when we drew 4 all in the end? It's just... These things just seem to well, happen no, that, in this game. That, I mean, that, even that 4-4 game, we went 2-0 down, got back yeah. to 2-2, they, and they were down to 10 men, <laughs> and, then, and we went 3-2 ahead, then they equalised, then we scored with five minutes left, and then still they still... They still uh, it's incredible. There's just something there. That's something amazing. There. That's the first time I ever saw us play Millwall, and that's the closest we came <laughs> to winning. 
we, we, we drew 4-4. Uh, Wheeler tweets, in all the teams we've had in the past have had a soft touch. We have players who are going to put it about. Prattley, Pierce, Cullen, Gallagher, Solly, Lockyer. We've always rolled over against Millwall, but I don't see that happening uh, this time around. What do you think the significance of Lee Bowyer being manager as opposed to some of the jokers we've had in the past? Uh, I hope you're excluding Carol Fry from that joker. Uh, bracket, well, he, but, he, um... Carol was never unleashed on Millwall as far as I know. So <laughs> he was unleashed. never a manager, was he? Yeah, we, 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 we never got to <laughs> find out what would have happened. He was an happened, estate so. agent, anyway. <laughs> uh, Chef. Chef. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think with Bose in... Bose knows the club. I mean, Jacko would be on them as well. Marsh would be on And everyone's played in them. Jacko's played in Marsh has played in sort of Birmingham derbies. Bowie's played in what? He's listed he played, them all he earlier. Played, yeah, played Millwall. Yeah. Newcastle, everything. Every, every derby you can think of. So he would have instilled it. Um, I agree with Tom. It's a bit strange just doing it on a Thursday, naming the squad. But then you can also think maybe the players do need to get ready. But then surely they should already be up for it anyway. But well, it's, it's about a psychological yeah. thing, wasn't it? He, he needs the players. I mean, so it's all right. So, all right let's talk about it. Tom, as mentioned, mm. he's given the players so two. So normally they'd probably, I assume, they'd find out, what, Saturday? Saturday morning? Oh, yeah, at least Friday, Friday evening. Or, yeah, maybe or Friday yeah. evening. So they they turn mm. up thinking, am I going to play him or not? Do I need to be ready? But I mean, you, you turn up on Saturday, you've, you've known for two days. It's, it's either two days think pumping yourself up ready for it or it's two days it's stewing at the back of your mind that some toothless gurner might call you a nasty name from the stands. Uh, it's, I don't even think it's necessarily the, the negative side of it. It's just different to the normal. Like, I've played in big sporting games, not football, but big tennis matches where you you know it's coming up and then you start to treat it differently and you start to think about it and you just overthink it. Even if you know you're better than the opposition, you just overthink it. And so these are professional sportsmen, obviously, and their mentality is far stronger than that of me at the level I played at a sport. But Great Britain, number six. It's quite that good. But but the the point is that they're going to think about it differently. And if you know you're in the team now, the point is you're now at home thinking about it. Whereas on a normal week, you just wouldn't be. You might be thinking about, will I be in the team? Will I not? Probably watching but that's extenders no, or listening yeah. to Charlton Live. It's well, no it's different to just a normal week. And I just, I'm a bit confused as to why we've done anything differently. Um, because for me, that's just another thing that's psychologically different but to I any want, normal But game. I guess we know that Bay has worked under all these high quality managers. And as he yeah. said, in, in derby games. So maybe that's something that a manager he's worked under did differently one game and uh, he, he thought it helped. Or he thought he's only got 13 fit players. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you're like, oh, I'm like, we well, ain't going to start. Yeah, and yeah. Then, like, Johnny, probably, you're not playing. And probably Nile, you're like, not playing. It's like, well, we know what the team is anyway, Gaffer. So you might as well just tell us. Yeah, but, well, that uh, segues on nicely then. Shall we find out what the team update is? Lee Bayer, uh, of course, was asked. Uh, during press day today are there any players that the Addicts boss can expect back can we expect a whole host of bodies coming back into the squad not really um, Adam Matthews has joined in training this week um, apart from that that's it Jackson EK is uh, struggling he obviously played 23s the other day trying to build his fitness up and get his minutes up <coughs> And he had to come off at half time, a little bit stiff. So um, just evaluating him, but it's not looking good. So um, yeah, it looks like we might have lost one game. One, so it's basically the same. Much the same as uh, Preston. Yeah, yeah. So this, obviously after this game, we've got an international break, and then we've got a couple of weeks to try and get some people back. Um, and I'm expecting a good couple to be coming back after after the next break so that's that's things that we it's not important at the moment the most important thing is, is the preparation for the 
for the game on the weekend then um, we have to be right and we, we have to compete because it's, it's going to be a physical game it's going to be competitive two, two teams that, that want to win desperately for their, for their fans so uh, we have to do that and once we do that then we have to do what we're good at and, and move the ball well and um, yeah, and then if we do that, then I've, again, I think we've, we've got a good chance of winning. Lee Bowie, thank you very much. And just to follow up for the injury for obviously Abram was talking about Lyle Taylor, you said he's not available for the weekend. Is there a part of you thinking with the um, international coming up, maybe just put his name on the bench just as that could, I don't know what it does for the morale and the, and the, and the team to see his name there? It can't come on. So he's, he's definitely will do it. 100%, yeah. 100%. If he could come on, trust me, if we could have put him on a bench and maybe put him on for 10 minutes, then I would. But he's not fit. So just had an injection, uh, another injection the other day. So now it's just a case of letting that settle down and then just slowly building him up over, over the next couple of weeks. So I'm speaking to the physio there, Ali, Cardiff. We'll be looking for him to be training with us on on the week, building up to to the Cardiff game. So that's the next target. But the target was Preston, and that didn't happen. So we've just got to be careful. Like this, it's one of them where if you try and rush him back too soon, then he could break down and be out for another six weeks. We don't want that. To so we have to look at the bigger picture. It's a long way to go. Yeah, Lee Bayer really going in deep on that Lyle Taylor's not playing mind games, isn't he? Um, yeah, so not much change. So Adam Matthews coming back, chucks a knee by the sounds of it out, which is disappointing because he actually scored against Millwall on uh, Monday for the, the 23s, but he went off at half-time, I think it was, or early in the second half, uh, when he was expected to play a bit longer. So no real change in our availability, except we're one striker short or even further short, so not ideal. Um, maybe we should try and get to the bottom of this Lyle Taylor thing. It does sound like he's not playing. <laughs> Sounds like it, but it sounded like it before. So, But, I mean, he's really going in on that he's not playing. I've seen it in a lot of places today. I know Rich did a separate interview with him and said the same as well. Uh, <laughs> I don't, <laughs> don't want to ma- I don't wanna make myself look stupid, do I? <laughs> That's the thing. But um, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to play. <laughs> nah. It was a shame because, I mean, if we're talking about characters and, you know, wind-up merchants, I mean, he would have been the absolute perfect man to, to take the field at a den because he, thri- he could have thrived in that in that atmosphere. He could have. He would have loved it, or, he would have. It, or it could have been all about him. Yeah, but I don't care as long as he scored, I don't care. Yeah, but Naby, you know, put him up there. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, no, to be fair, I mean, I think everyone would love Lyle to play and it's obviously a, cl- a club that he knows fondly. Oh yeah, he played there at Colts, didn't he? Uh, he obviously was there Briefly. when he was younger. Um, he's got a lot of friends who are Millwall fans, I I imagine. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 a shame. But listen, McCauley's been on on fire recent weeks. You know, Leco can come back into the fold, so it might be all right. I think we'd be all right. I mean, mm. and you know, last last chance, Luke, get Big Nabby up there. I mean, looking at looking at the team, so so he's here. So Matthews a possibility at right back instead of Solly, or I mean, Deji could come in there as well. Um, you're looking at that lineup that played against Preston. I'm not sure where he, unless he chooses to change the formation. So do we go for two up top? 
uh, at Millwall. And in that case, I mean, it would have to be Leco, but then there's no one really on the bench then in in that situation unless we bring in young Josh Davison because it doesn't sound like Hemed's going to be about. doesn't sound like Nike's going to be about. I mean, Ernest, uh, Ernest a floater, yeah. honestly. I'd give Ernest a floater. Yeah, start him as a float, honestly. Yeah, I'm a big, big physical Millwall side. I know, got they are, I know, but I think you know he'll draw fouls. I mean, we get we got a small team anyway. I don't think Erhan's gonna. I just think I think what on Sunday we lack that connected the connecting from Macca was so isolated. Mm. I just think we need that connectivity. And Gallagher's yeah. a great player. Don't get me wrong, but he's not one to be that. He's that box to box. He's not those. So, so what are you talking about? Aaron coming in to play along, like, or just behind Barnes? Yeah, just, the I'll two. just let him yeah. do as a throw at number ten. Just let him go do what yeah. he wants. Get in that pocket, like in Forest game. Let yeah. him do what he wants. But are we playing two up top then? Because yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, it'd be yeah, Aaron would be one of the two. Yeah. But all right, because like one of the other main questions for me because we talk about players, you know, going into that that cauldron of noise that is Millwall. It's a bit of a low drone of them just doing that repetitive noise, but it's still a a, a big atmosphere. And we talk about players who perhaps struggle in in a big pressure mm. games and maybe one that. That's already been mentioned. Who struggled in the playoffs, having had a really good season, which is Naby Sarr. I mean, am I mugging myself off here? Am I saying that, you know, am I am I doing him a discredit because I thought he he's, he has done ten, tended to do quite well this season? He had a difficult first forty five against Preston and got hooked though. So, are you willing to put him into that into that that cauldron? I wouldn't be. No, um, I don't think it's a discredit to him either. I think if you if he was honest with himself, those big games, I think he has struggled. Um, I'd still like to see a back three, and it's something we tried. I think earlier this season and put Prattley in the in the back three with, yeah, yeah. with Lockyer I mean, and Pierce. That, yeah. um, so maybe that, and then maybe Otsuma would be one of a three man midfield, and then you get Leko and Bon up front. But it's quite attacking if you do that. Then so you've got nothing on the bench other yeah. than Josh Davison. But you know, if you're two three nil up by sixty minutes, it doesn't matter, does it? So it, it's a bit of a risk, but guarantee if we're free, <laughs> if we're three up by sixty minutes, that's not safe. <laughs> Give me eighty nine yeah. minutes, and I'll think about it. Seven nil up, maybe. <laughs> Even um, on Tuesday, the twenty threes were two now. Seven minutes left. <laughs> threw that away, didn't they? <laughs> but yeah, no, I think um, I think Naby would admit it himself, and I just don't think this is the sort of game for him. I think Lockyer and Pierce are tailor made for a game like this. Pierce, obviously, we, we saw how disappointed he was post match on Sunday with himself and the mistake he's made. So he's going to want to put that right. Lockyer is going to love a game like this. I know there's been a piece done on the website about him today, um, and for me, yeah, Prattley's has to start whatever it's just whether he starts at the base of midfield or whether he drops back into a free man back back five yeah so. yeah no I, I, I agree with Tom I think it'll be I don't know if Bradshaw's fit I don't know if Richard because I think they'll play they'll play Bradshaw and I think it'll be good if Naby I, don't, I wouldn't start Naby but if once they bring Matt Smith on that's when I'll bring Naby on right so right here's one for you average aerial duels one in a game Lockie, Lockie and Pierce how many do you reckon average what? Uh, uh, like just, yeah, no, just number number of aerial duels won in a game. No. Four. All right. Matt Smith, how much? Even though he's on a bench. About twelve. Nine. Yeah. Wow. So like you look at that, that's when I'd bring Nabby on. When they bring him on, you're going big nabs swallow him up. Alright, so they're sending a lot of long balls up to this Smith character. Well, then. Yeah, so I mean if, QPR striker. Yeah, that's yeah, the one. If yeah. they're losing because it wouldn't surprise me if they'll play Bradshaw with Thompson in behind, Jed mm. Wallace on the right, and Jed Wallace is their main outlet. Yeah, Jeff Wallace is a good player, yeah. Yeah. And obviously uh, one that Pierce knows well from their time at at Pompey Mm. together, so that'll be interesting to see uh, if if they get involved in in a battle of sorts. Right, I think we'll have a quick break. Uh, When we come back, we'll hear from uh, Richard Corley, who will tell us what we can expect from Gary Wowett's side on Saturday. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze... Relax and think about work. 
You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cullen trying to take his man on. Chip ball back across. Bowers there. Pierce is there. Bowers with a header. And it's Joe. So welcome back, it's Charlton Live. This is the big match preview. Looking ahead to the South East London derby with Mill at the Den uh, on Saturday against Gary Rowett's team. <laughs> Not Wowett. I was getting, I was getting, got too excited. Uh, Gary Rowett, um, former former Charlton player, of course. Uh, yeah. Bit, bit, bit oh, of a legend in his day, was he? He played about was four times. Player. It was good. good we never saw, we never really saw the best of him because of his no, injury problems. It was bad knee, wasn't it? But I remember, yeah, I, I don't know. It was. It was. It was it the same time George Costa was here. Or just after, slightly after, I think. Yeah, because yeah, I remember he used to play, and he he, he played right back a couple of times. But he was a good centre after. I used to like him. Yeah, it was a shame that he was a good player. Yeah, he had uh, knee injuries, and we know. I think we saw him about twelve times over the mm. course of two seasons. It was a, a a real shame. Right, Richard Corley. Uh, is uh, we've got, we got a tweet in from Adele says I feel Nathan's pain uh, both my dad and his brother support Millwall mm. been giving it large since we were promoted saying thanks for the six points this season please let this be our time yeah I've got my uncle's family all support Millwall mm. uh, it's, oh, it's it's relentless isn't it like, I know you'll see where, where we live you're always going to know loads of Millwall yeah. supporters and so to, to be going this long without beating them is just absolutely crazy. But hopefully hopefully Saturday will be the time. Now, um, obviously, we always look ahead to the game with a journalist from the opposition. We're in a lucky position that uh, we know one quite well. Richard Corley uh, is, of course, a Mill expert, a veteran reporter on the South London scene as well. Uh, I spoke to Rich uh, earlier on uh, to find out how he rates the start to the season that Mill will have had. I think it's been... Um... Uh, a difficult start I don't think you can say it hasn't been um, obviously a bit of a weird situation really because they picked up a very good result against Preston on the opening day and I think there was a feeling that maybe the, the summer rebuild had really managed to kind of have an effect after a, a fairly sort of struggling end to last season but the results didn't hugely turn around and that's obviously led to a pretty big change with, with Neil Harris going so uh, I think um, you've got to look at it, and I think normal this season again probably would would just want to have. A, I think a good season for Millwall is probably not getting dragged into things like they were last season. So far, the results I think have been a mixed bag. Performances perhaps have been a bit of a mixed bag as well. But the one thing I would say is that when they play at home, you know their home form has been so key. 
you know, to winning promotion, but also obviously staying in the championship or the first season up doing well in the championship. So um, we will have again normally a you know a bit of a handful, and I'd expect it to be the same. Obviously at the weekend with it being a derby, I mean the, you know they're not going to want to lose the game, particularly when it's like a local rival. So I think that that that'll be a factor as well going into it. What is it that makes Millwall so strong at home? What sort of style do they play? That I'm. I'm picturing quite a, a robust defensive unit that will try and score from set pieces, that that sort of side, perhaps a, the, the type of Millwall side we've been used to over the years. Yeah, I think, um, well, certainly under Neil Harris, um, you know, the team were, were very direct. They were strong from set pieces, scored a lot of set piece goals. Um, I don't think we've really yet fully seen what Gary Rowett's going to do. Um, I think he will play I don't think there was ever going to be a, a reinvention of, of, of what they did I think it was probably with Gary Rowett's appointment they were looking to maybe refine a few bits I mean Rowett's talked about the fact that he wants to change things a bit away from home I think they might formation wise might mix it up a little bit more drastically moving forward because they're away from I mean, they haven't won away since March so um, I think at home they'll probably still be fairly similar you know good intensity when, when, when they're good, this is, you know, good intensity, getting the ball forward quickly, running the channels, and also, obviously, that threat from set pieces, um, which they've, they've got decent height in the side, uh, running right through it. So, I think, obviously, with Charlton not having the biggest of uh, defences, that would probably be an area, I'd imagine, they think they might be able to get some joy at the weekend. Um, but I mean, over the over the years, they've that that with me watching them, that's where they've been strong. You know, I think the first season they come up and they finished eighth in the championship, sort of similar to Charlton, came up and had a you know had a had a good start. Well, actually, they didn't have a good start. They were very strong in the second half of the season. But I think that season their pressing game was was very very good. I don't think it's quite been the same ever since George Savile was sold to Middlesbrough for you know a bit of well, a club record fee. Uh, over six million pound. I think since then they they haven't pressed with quite the same intensity, uh, which perhaps has been a problem for them. But but a lot of clubs know what they're going to get. I mean, I've seen so many games, quite a few last season in the second half of the season were were pretty dour, and uh, you know teams came there knowing that they had to be physically strong and stand up to things airily and, and that kind of side of it. So I don't think there's a necessarily. Uh, any kind of huge secrets when Lee Bowyer looks at the team as he often does, you know, he looks at so much of the opposition and what they do. I think he'll, he'll know their strengths, so he'll know what to expect, and I'm sure they're, you know, trying to be well equipped for that. Mm. I mean, when it, when it comes to um, Mill's expectations at the start of the season, because I mean, is staying up a, a good result for Mill in this division? Because clearly, Neil Harris's departure probably came as a bit of surprise to those of us outside the club. We're probably thinking, well, to be fair, he's, he's doing an okay job if he can keep it, keep their heads above water. But were the fans happy with how things have started this yeah, season? Think, Do you think well, that led I to think, the swap? Yeah, I think if you if you listen to what has been said since, I think Neil Harris, you know, he was kind of normal through and through. And I think he was aware of some of the criticism of the style of play. I think there was probably a feeling that he, he didn't want things to go sour there. And I think... Um, you know, at the end of last season, there was quite a lot of criticism of the way the team were playing generally, that the football wasn't free-flowing enough and there wasn't enough entertainment. So I think if you covered the club like for a period and sort of heard some of the, the internal noises, it wasn't an absolute shock. It was a surprise that he went when he did. But I think the problem is that 
that first season they set the bar so high finishing eighth, the following season probably wasn't seen as a success, even though, a bit like with Charlton, I guess, Millwall will have a bigger budget than Charlton under Roland de Chatelet, but they would probably still be bottom five or six in the league. So I always equate it to a successful season is roughly, you know, normally you can sort of mirror it to a budget because money tends to talk in the championship. Not always, obviously, Preston top right now, but, uh, you know, it does generally tend to reflect what the ambitions of the club should be. So I think for Millwall, maybe the fans thought there might be might be more there for them, but I think, you know, if they finish a, a mid-table and above, they've had a really good season. If they do more than that, it would be sensational. So I I think that's, that's the problem for them. I think it's the fact that, at the end of the day, the reason that Neil Harris went was, you know, he didn't win enough football matches towards the end, and then the style of play becomes more of a factor. I don't think the style of play was really mentioned too much when they won promotion and when they finished eighth, because they were winning enough games for it not to be a problem. But I think style of play becomes a talking point. But even if you play free flowing football, if you're not winning games and people start moaning about lack of cutting edge and this and that, so uh, yeah, long answer to the question. I think I think a good season for Millwall would be comfortably staying away from the from the scrap at the bottom because when you get dragged into it as they found last season in the second half of last season they never really got out of it I mean it was right to the very wire and I think that was quite grueling another reason for Neil Harris maybe feeling it was time to go you know it was I think it was quite a mental drain for him yeah. when you're so invested in the football club yeah and then of course Charlton's record against Mill was famously poor but you know you you would have seen quite a lot of the last was it ten or eleven games we've gone without without beating them as a as a veteran reporter on the South London scene? I mean, why do you think it is that Charlton struggles so much in games against Millwall? It's strange, isn't it? I mean, um, there was the game at the Valley, wasn't there? Uh, was that the season that Millwall went up where you probably should have won that game? There was a quite a, a poor refereeing decision, yeah. if I remember correctly, that. Uh, the goal was disallowed for Charlton and if that had stood I think on that day that probably would have ended it I mean I, I suppose it's, it seems a long time but it's it's what 10 matches I think yeah. uh, that I was looking at um, but overall the head-to-head Millwall have a much better record and it's just it's just strange how these things go um, I don't know if there's anything particularly mental to it I think that Charlton this season would probably travel with more confidence than perhaps they, they did when they last... I mean, the last time they played at the Den, if I remember right, Carl Robinson... Well, I remember a Carl Robinson game where they were just very, mm. very soft. Uh, and they didn't really like that physical side. They were sort of almost a pure footballing team. Um, I think the difference probably for me, Bowyer, this time, with what he's created, is that you know Charlton are prepared to do that side of it. So that's why I think it probably is a trickier game for Millwall uh, than perhaps it, it has been in recent in recent kind of meetings. How do you see it going then, if I put you on the spot? I mean, who, who do you think you would say are favourites at the moment, given, obviously, you have to try and remain reasonably impartial here because you cover both yeah. clubs. But, I mean, you, you, therefore, you've also seen a fair bit of both clubs this season. Yeah, it's timing, isn't it? I think... I think if the game had happened um, a month and a half ago, or I think you definitely would be thinking that this was about as good a time as any for Charlton to kind of scratch that particular edge. I think uh, it's a really hard one because obviously I don't think the performance by Millwall was, was particularly uh, brilliant at, at Reading last time out, or certainly not in the first 
45 minutes and Charlton didn't quite click on, on, on Sunday so both teams can't need it I mean I've got to be honest and I'm not just sitting on the fence on this I can see it not being a brilliant game I can see it being a pretty dour scrappy one and it would not surprise me if we're talking about a draw that's obviously not the result Charlton fans want after 26 years and not winning this fixture but um, that's what I can see happening I can see it just being being a bit of a stalemate there we go, Sir Buzz Killington from uh, the <laughs> the South London Press. Uh, yeah, Richard uh, predicting a stalemate on on Saturday. You can yeah. see it. I mean that, and that's probably the way that Millwall are going to want to want it to play. And we saw what Preston did against us on Sunday. Now, you know, if Millwall can take any momentum out of the game, then that's probably the way that they're going to get result with us. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, yeah, they're going to try and make it ugly. I think. I mean, I'm not. Yeah, they might try and play a bit themselves, but. I mean, they're at home. Uh, they're going to have the crowd behind them. They're not going to be sitting off us and letting us try and play the way that we want to play. They're going to be disruptive. Um, they're going to be giving Connor a couple of kicks without a shadow of a doubt. Um, and they're going to make it tricky. But it's a time for us to show our maturity and get on the ball and be braver on the ball, regardless of the, the abuse that they go every time it goes out for a throw-in and mm, stuff. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we've got to be brave. Yeah, I mean, their home record this season um, played... Seven, one, four, mm. drawn two, lost one. So they are, they are strong at home, and that, I mean that is a worry, Tom. When you, we go to the the den, I mean they had that infamous run, didn't they, where they went about three seasons without losing in like the sixties or something. But you know, it, it, it's been a hard place to go this so far this season, at least. You know, we've, we've seen Leeds being beaten there. You know, better teams than us, probably, you could argue, have gone there and got beaten. So I mean, there, there is just this weird aura about the place that that puts the other team off. Yeah, they've they've got a reputation for a reason, right? And I know. It's maybe not like it used to be. Um, not remotely. But it's still Millwall and it's still the Den and it's still the same place and it's still a lot of the same generation, uh, maybe different generation, but same families, same area. You know, that same culture is still w- with that club. Um, I know they've done a lot to c- kind of clear up and clean up some of the, the worst of it, but it's still a very tough place to go. It's still a hostile atmosphere. Um and yeah, we're not the only ones who find it difficult to go there. Like you say, they've got they've got a decent record there this season. Like Nave says, they're going to not play a very attractive style of football, which again is going to be difficult for a side like us because I don't think we've coped very well with that so far this season. But it's just it's one of them. It's it's so difficult to to call it really because you just don't know what sort of chart they're going to come out. And I said to to Boyer on on Saturday that oh sorry Sunday we very rarely or I don't think we've ever seen. A bow your side put two bad performances together back to back. This would be typical that this is the time it happens when the second one's against our biggest rivals in the league. But yeah, it's just um it's one of them now where now we've started talking about it and it's a couple of days away. You just want to get to kick off now, really. Mm. Yeah, Gary Rowett's come in, Nath. Mm. Rate him as a manager. Yep. Yeah, I do. No, he's good. No, <laughs> I mean, he's a bit he, short he, he won't have had much time but, to, no, to I mean two games is nothing to put a stamp on the team. Mm. Especially do you know where it reminds me of is Something similar to when Nathan Jones went in at Stoke. He's inherited a team that for the past God knows how many years have been built on direct long ball football and he's now having to come in with those sort of players and try and put his philosophy on it. Nathan Jones struggled. He did struggle as you could obviously he'd been sacked. But it's it's gonna take more than two games for him to put a stamp on it. Doesn't but, sound like they're very good at Reading yeah, on Saturday. Yeah, exactly. And I mean you look at his the stuff he done at Derby and He's Birmingham, wasn't he? As well. I mean, they done some. He done some decent stuff, and it's going to take a while. But he's just going to be organised, which Millwall are used to. 
and he'll try and get them playing a little bit more than they were under Neil Harris. Mm. And uh, yeah, so like I say, it's only QPR who've gone there and won uh, this season, and they I mean, they've beaten some big teams. Like I say, Leeds that got a bit of a helping hand against Leeds with a bit of a, yeah. a dodgy penalty uh, decision. They've beaten Sheffield Wednesday, they've beaten Preston, and they've beaten Stoke there. So it is a difficult place to go. Um, they don't keep too many clean sheets overall um, most of them have come at home as well so that's something to try and take and we have scored on our last two visits to the den so it's not all bad news I've seen us score and lose games there as well so things have been improving slightly on, on that front I mean in, in terms of our defence who are going to have to stand up to an aerial bombardment you're guessing uh, PSC is probably built for a game like this you imagine Lockyer I mean I, I'm certain he thrives he's one of those who thrives on a little bit of rivalry we saw we saw how he was in, in, in social media in the build up to, to going back to Bristol when he you know a former Bristol Rovers man playing against Bristol City this feels like the sort of game where that sort of character could come to the fore as well I think so and in recent games I know we've conceded a few more than than we have it you know more or sorry less recently because I know there were stats going around about f- Dill's clean sheet record and stuff and obviously we conceded two at West Brom and two at Bristol and two at Fulham but on the whole I think we're a pretty tidy and organised team at the back Um, and I think yeah uh, you would think the the players that we've got they're going to thrive in an atmosphere like that so I'm less worried about the defence it's more about can we nick that goal because you're right we have scored in a lot of our games not only recently but also we've scored in our more recent games there as well obviously Bomb didn't manage to score at the weekend, but as Nafe said, he was he was fairly isolated. So, yeah, I I fancy us to get a goal, and I fancy us to be fairly strong defensively. It's just can we keep that up for ninety minutes? I think, and especially as you mentioned earlier, with the lack of real rotation and players we can bring off the bench, it's going to come down to that physicality, that mm. work rate. Just can we keep it up? Because I I do think we'll score, whether it's first or not, I'm not sure. Um, and then yeah, like I say, it's just about can you get in front and then stay in front. Yeah, John Cooper tweets in, Bowen knows what it takes to beat Millwall and I can't see anything other than the fact him and Jacko will have been firing these boys up all week. Let's end this hoodoo. Come on, you Reds, in Boya. Uh, we trust. Gumbo says, as the saying goes, 23rd time lucky. <laughs> uh, Jim was very excited to see Richard Corley on Chapman Live. Well, yes, he does come on every now and then. I have to speak to him all the time, so I get pretty bored of him, really. Uh, Mendon Krenasas on the forum says, don't get too excited, lads. This one has got nil-nil written all over it. Would that be a good result? Going into, We've seen a couple of nil-nils there in the in my time. Coming out of those, you tend, I remember there was one game well, that was quite a good result actually I think we would have been flying and we were sort of average in, in our first season back in the championship but another one where perhaps you go it's a bit of a nothing nil and you're thinking we, we need to start winning these games at some point so would you be happy with a draw on Saturday? Uh, <clears throat> Head says yes Heart says no I think I just think we're we're at a stage now I know we're missing some key players but I just think it, we're 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 a really good side now, and I'd be disappointed if we did draw. But it depends on you know if if we were getting bad or not, you know. But if we go two 0 down, it'd be happy. Yeah, of course. But I just think, yeah, I mean, away from home, we're all good at home. You take a draw, you ain't lost. But then again, it's like, come on, you want to try and win mm, this? But yeah. it's just it's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough. But I think we can. We can if we play our game. That's the thing. If we turn up. We play our game that we're good at. Mm. I think we'll win quite comfortably. So often in the, in the games against Millwall, I think after sort of like the first 15, 20 minutes, you sort of got a feel for how the afternoon's going to go as well. So I think the only time it sort of changed after 20 minutes was that that one where Solly got sent off, where it'd been a fairly even opening 20, 25 minutes, and he got sent off for the, for the 
handball on the line where it clearly hit his face and typical Millwall sort of typical game against Millwall started happening again but the in- the opening is going to be quite interesting isn't it on on, on Saturday because it's a chance to really make your mark on, on, on a game especially if you can get an early goal yeah and start of the season and a lot of last season we really started games quickly uh, got ourselves in front just kind of blew teams away and then in recent weeks I feel like we've lost that a little bit now that might just be down to the types of teams we've been playing because obviously we've been playing teams up and around the top of the league and then teams that, that sit off us and are very hard to break down but if we can start quickly if we can get ourselves in front as I said earlier I think then you're yes you're relying on that back four or back five or whatever Bose picks but I think there's players there that will enjoy that you know, from one nil up, if you're just getting balls lumped into you, Pierce and Lockyer are going to eat that sort of stuff up. When it's nil nil or you're one nil down, it suddenly becomes much more of a battle. So, mm. yeah, I think that, like Boya said, that first goal is so important. Um, and if we can just get that, you know, with the crowd behind you as well, that top tier is going to be loud. I think that's probably our best bet. Um, so, yeah, that start is going to be crucial. Right, Martin says that this is our time, boys. He predicts Jason Pierce to score the winner. Right, excellent stuff. Right, obviously, it's a huge rivalry between two sets of supporters, South East London, uh, turf wars, if you will, in terms of football. But when it comes to, you know, the, these are realistically people that we live and work with, or, you know, we... we we see these sort of people every day and we all live in the same community. Now, this sort of idea of a community in South East London is something that has sort of helped to form an idea. Now, there's a, a really good uh, initiative coming ahead on Saturday, uh, the Together for 10 March. Um, I spoke to Craig Pepiat from, he's a Chump fan, uh, and let's let him explain uh, what they've got planned for Saturday. We're doing um, a t- Together for 10 charity walk. Um, we're meeting up in Sidcup and we're going to walk 10 miles from Sidcup to the Den, going through Eltham and Lee, uh, through Blackheath, down through Greenwich, Deptford, and then finally onto the Den. Um, we're doing this uh, to raise awareness of um, the ongoing knife crime and violence in the capital and also to honour two young fans who obviously sadly died in the past for both Charlton and Millwall, Rob Knox and Jimmy Mizzen. Mm, yeah, of course, it's significant with the fact this is a, a local derby and obviously it's famous for the, the rivalry between the fans, that the two sets of fans are actually coming together, I guess, to try and do something positive uh, on the day of the match. Yeah, and that's one thing me and my mate Danny, who uh, actually came up with the idea, he's a Millwall fan, um, and we thought, you know, two rival sets working together, walking together, showing the unity that can uh, happen in the communities and obviously the wider wider world. Um, it's, just, it's a shame everything that's going on at the moment with knife crime on the rise, not just in London, but everywhere, obviously. Um, and, you know, there's innocent people losing their lives and we've both got three young young uh, kids and we're worried about their future and you know the future of everyone else around us mm. so what's the what's the sort of reaction been like so far from fans who've who've heard about your idea yeah we've had a lot of um a lot of good good reaction from people um lots of shares of the videos that we put up on social media through the together for 10 hashtags on all socials um we've done a few little videos and there's been a uh, the Millwall lionesses uh, have got behind us, um, and there's been a been a few few people uh, messaging us and trying to get involved. Um, obviously, we've got a number of walkers coming with us on the day. Ideally, we'd have eleven from each side because that's the sort of we're going for a football team from each side. If that makes mm-hmm. sense, it would look good that way. Um, we're, we're a few numbers short at the moment, um, but there there is still people asking us about it, and hopefully, we'll have more people turn up on the day. 
Excellent. And you're obviously raising two, uh, money for, for two different charities as well. Would you tell us a little bit about those? Yeah, so for uh, for the ideas of the charities, we spoke to both parents, uh, for Rob and for Jimmy. Um, and Rob Knox, obviously, have the Rob Knox Foundation, but they asked us to work with Charlton Athletic Community Trust on their behalf. Um, and for Jimmy Mism, they've obviously got the Four Jimmy charity. Um, so we're going to be raising money, uh, which is going to be split 50-50 between the two charities, Charlton Athletic Community mm. Trust and Four Jimmy. Yeah, and uh, how, how can fans get involved with, with donating? Um, if you look for us on any of the social medias, Together for 10, um, there is a link to uh, the website where we can donate. I'll quickly free- read it out anyway. It's uk.virginmoneygiving.com forward slash Together for 10. Um, or, of course, you, if, if you contact any of us through social media and we'll rather do a cash donation, that is fine. We can figure that out and sort that out. And we will be raising money on the day uh, whilst walking. Excellent stuff. Well, I hope it goes well. And obviously... Um... Uh, when you get there, it is it is the big match. You're you're the the, yeah. the Charlton fan side of it of the walk. I mean, how, how do you see the game going? I've, I guess you probably haven't had too much time to think about it just yet. No, we haven't. To, to be fair, and um, after Sunday's result, obviously it's a little bit <laughs> poor. But hopefully the lads pick themselves up, and uh, hopefully we can go for it. I mean, obviously we haven't had too much luck in the past twenty odd years, but <laughs> you know, um, maybe maybe it's our turn for yeah. for a win. I hope so. Yeah, excellent stuff. Well, all the best for the walk, and I hope it goes well. And then, like I say, I hope you follow it up with a, a Charlton win when we get there as well. Yeah, me yeah. too. Thank you. There we go, Craig. Uh, Pepe at from the Together for 10 walk. Um, I mean, obviously, we talk about the rivalry, but it's nice to see something positive coming out of that. And, you know, football rivalry aside, societal issues uh, that need addressing. And the way you do it is by coming together with your local community. And so I thought that's a, that's a great idea that the, the lads have put together there. And, uh, should, should be a good event and hopefully it'll raise a lot of money last time I checked there was only about 700 quid I think they're aiming for about a thousand so mm. if you uh, look on the Charlton Live Twitter we'll stick out the uh, address so you can donate to that the money as as he said being split um, equally and obviously half of it's going towards the Charlton Trust so the the community trust so a, a good uh, a good idea no? it feels like yeah. a good thing yeah of course it is I mean obviously where obviously Rob Knox you know sadly died in Sick Cup and Jimmy Mizzen was in Lee wasn't it so mm. it's Two two areas that you know have a lot of Charlton and Millwall fans combined. So it's a good, it's a good uh, good idea for him, mm. obviously the guys to sort of raise awareness of knife crime, which we all know sort of you know sadly it's a bit going out of control at the moment, and to raise a bit of money in the meantime. And um, it's also a day for you know for their for them to be remembered by you know by the fans and their mm. their family. So yeah, great cause and. Um, yeah, hopefully it all goes well because um, it's not easy doing ten mile walks. No, yeah, we do. I've done, yeah, I've done twenty. Yeah, I've done twenty six miles for the charity, so it's a lot, a lot of work. So yeah. uh, fair play to me. Hope it all goes well. Yeah. So that's uh, Craig there. Thanks to Craig for coming on to the show. And like I say, if you want to have a look at our Twitter page, we'll tweet out the uh, address for you to to donate. So we're just coming to there. I'm, I'm going to leave the final word to Lee Bowie, which we're going to hear in a couple of minutes. But I mean, how are you feeling? Like, so I'm feeling pretty pumped. I am excited about this one. Normally, normally I'm a bit more nervous than that than this because I just fully expect us to get beaten Tom I'm feeling I'm feeling like you know I'm, I'm excited this this is a big game you know first proper derby of the season is it is this the time or are we going to be here on Sunday night crying into our microphones like normal this is the time <laughs> we'll beat them yeah, yeah. Cool as a cucumber. Yeah, sound, it sounds so I convincing. Thought, I thought yeah. some speech was coming. Like, this is time pause, and then he was going to rattle, rattle off nah, the reasons why. Just like, to talk nah. about cucumbers. Yeah. Well, there we go. <laughs> wow. Well, if we, we, I think, I think we need picking up here, guys. We, we need. We're going to do it, mate. Here we we go. need, we need yeah, the Churchillian speech <laughs> to get us going. 
Yeah. And luckily yeah. enough, we've got one. Ev Shit. James has sent this in. Our surge towards victory, I can answer in one word, is victory. Victory at all costs. Victory in spite of all terror. Victory, however long and hard the road may be. For without victory, there is no survival. Let that be realised. No survival for Charlton Athletic. No survival for that that Charlton Athletic has stood for. No survival for the urgent impulse of the ages. That mankind will move forward towards its goal. But I take up my task with buoyancy and hope. I feel sure that our cause will not be suffered to fail among men. And at this time, I feel entitled to claim the aid of all. And I say, come then, let us go forward together with our united strength. Cheers, Ev. That's uh, Ev James. That was better than the Atkinson one. That was well held together. But that's a passionate speech. I think Ev should do... Do one of those like every time we have a massive game, we need one of them for Ev because it picks me up. Yeah, or maybe you could go and do it in the dressing room before the game, or maybe we should just print it off. Tell you what, we'll ask, we'll ask the players to play this before the game, mate. Hmm. Excellent stuff. Right, we have come to the end of uh, this uh, this week's big match preview. It is the big big match preview because it's Millwall at the Den for the Addicts on Saturday. Uh, don't forget, we'll be back here on Sunday evening to discuss whatever happens. Hopefully, it will be our first win over Millwall in in our entire history. I believe. Um, if not, <laughs> we'll just be here crying and you know. Get, well, we're pretty used to it now, aren't we? Uh, so make sure you join us on Sunday evening, seven o'clock. Um, thank you to Tom and Nate for coming in. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. I cheers. might see you Sunday. To- I'll either be fatherless or dead, one of the two. Yeah, so. well, <laughs> I, I don't know which one's preferable, really. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll work that out. Uh, as <laughs> Get Cramp Boy back. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've been Louis Mendes. I hope you have enjoyed uh, this week's big match preview. Like I say, we're going to leave the final word to the Charlton manager, it's Lee Bowyer. They, they need to know the importance of, of the result and what it means to people. I think every derby... Um, up and down the country, you you, you need to know the importance of, and, and what it means to fans, you know. Um, so yeah, I, I'll we've got a meeting after this, and and I'll be telling them in a nice way how important it is. So they're getting ready. Normally, we wouldn't name a side on a Thursday, I'm naming the team so they can get in their head that they're ready and so they're fully prepared for. Of what's about to come on on Saturday? The most important thing is that, as a football club, we get three points, and, um, and then our fans can walk around, and hopefully, we can have the bragging rights for the next twenty odd years, like what they've had. This is the story of the one. 
As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.